You are listening to a paid commercial program. The opinions expressed are solely those of the program producer or sponsor and not those of NRG Media LLC. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your private health insurance plan, you can keep your plan, period. If you are among the hundreds of millions of Americans who already have health insurance through your job, or Medicare, or Medicaid, or the VA, nothing in this plan will require you or your employer to change the coverage of the doctor you have. We have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. This is America's Healthcare Challenge on the Mighty 1290 Coil, the Mighty1290Coil.com, and the Mighty 1290 Coil mobile app. America's Healthcare Challenge is produced and sponsored by E.D. Bellis. Now, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of America's Healthcare Challenge. On the mighty 1290 coil, this is an awesome week to be in the studio. This is an awesome week to be talking about health care and health care reform. In segment three, we're going to have an awesome opportunity to listen to uh, an interview Sean and I did earlier this week with Sally Pipes, the CEO and president of Pacific, the Pacific Research Institute and author of several books about the Affordable Care Act and the newest one out called The Way Out of Obamacare. And we will get in depth on that. But right now we got some great news uh, out there. We've got all kinds of things going on in healthcare this week. Uh, we have uh, a story uh, by Arthur Demrich. It's on uh, the Harvard Business School's website. And it's a great resource that we use here at Edie Bellis and America's Healthcare Challenge. Uh, it's talking about pharmaceutical drugs, and that has been a very big topic of late on our show. We've talked about specialty drugs. We've talked about pharmaceuticals. And this article, you should get get a hold of it because it talks about how we have the fewest price control mechanisms, and the ACA have having significance. Uh, the pharmaceutical firms internationally. And it's talking about how uh, the ACA will significantly expand prescription drug use over the next uh, few years. And ladies and gentlemen, we talk about the cost of prescription drugs and how we see it just exploding. Uh, by 2020, we'll see pharmaceutical spending go up about 14% of total health care spending. It'll near $700 billion, whereas today it's around 435 So. Uh, how are you going to lower the cost of your prescription drugs? Well, we have some healthcare hacks that we uh, saw again earlier this week. And this is on the Huffington Post, and I'm not necessarily a big fan of the Huff Post, but you know what? This is a great article. It talks about how to cut your own healthcare costs. And I'll, I'll go through a few of those. The first is uh, using generic drugs uh, instead of the name brand prescriptions. Uh, those who uh, in Medicare, Opted for generic drugs, saved almost $2,000 per person in 2014. That's a way to cut costs. Asking for 90-day prescriptions instead of 30-day prescriptions is a way to cut costs. If you buy bigger, it lowers cost. Get moving. So start moving your body a little bit more. You know, sedentary adults pay $1,500 more per year in health care costs than adults who are actually physically active. 
This is one of my favorites because I have two cats. Get a pet. Not only can it be rewarding to have a pet, it can have tangible health care benefits. The reduced frequency of obesity associated with pet ownership can lead to health care savings of about $86 a year. Not a lot, but it's still something. And I'm going to tell you this. Check your bill for errors because a lot of times your bills are chock full of errors. So make sure you talk with your billing people on your bills. That's important. And even if you don't understand your bill, request the entire bill from the billing company. And if you have questions, go back to them because that's how you're going to find errors in the billing cut costs. Taking advantage of wellness programs. If your company offers a wellness program, take advantage of it. And that's just a few of the 21 healthcare hacks. And if you want more of the 21, go to the HuffingtonPost.com and look for the 21 healthcare hacks to reduce your healthcare costs this year. Ladies and gentlemen, there's another story about hacking of healthcare records. And this is costing billions and billions and billions of dollars. And this is another problem in healthcare. I love Homer Simpson, and I love the fact that we're talking about healthcare hacks because that's how we're going to lower cost. You know, there were 100 million healthcare records stolen last year, ladies and gentlemen, and they end up on the dark web where they get sold. And if you're not familiar with the dark web, it's the bad, it's the bad place in the internet where you don't want to go because that's where hackers hack, that's where ISIS is, that's where Al Qaeda is. And let me tell you something, that's where they sell the credit card information. That's where they sell your credit cards. That's where they sell everything. So the government needs to step up and and try and figure that out. Speaking of the government, man, I'll tell you what, this whole Apple thing is getting insane. And that has ramifications for your health care records. So coming back after the break, we're going to have our interview with Sally Pipes from the Pacific Research Institute. And we're going to have a little bit more in-depth discussion on what the Affordable Care Act is doing and how do we get out of this thing. And if you want to join in the conversation, feel free to pipe in at 402-342-1290 or 800-577-1290 and check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge and our SoundCloud page where we have over 500 segments. On healthcare reform, this is America's Healthcare Challenge on the mighty 1290 coil. Research shows moving is one of the most stressful events in a person's life. But thanks to two men in a truck, it doesn't have to be. They have everything you need to move. A courteous professional staff who will customize your move, which includes a no-obligation estimate, a schedule to fit your convenience, and all the necessary packing supplies. And two men in a truck will help you watch your budget, too. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business move. Go to twomenandatruck.com. Two men in a truck selected Best of Omaha for nine years straight with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Now that you've heard of Shama Maguire and HealthReformExplained.com, maybe it's time for his team to assess your company's situation. We have innovative strategies to help navigate this new maze created by the Affordable Care Act. For more, go to HealthReformExplained.com. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean Maguire. 
Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Hello and welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge on the Mighty 1290 Coil. This is Alan Hager sitting in for Sean McGuire this week. And I'll tell you what, it's a great day to be in healthcare. It's a great day to be on America's Healthcare Challenge because we have a great interview coming up right now with Sally Pipes from the Pacific Research Institute. Joining us now here on America's Healthcare Challenge is Sally Pipes, the president and CEO and director of the Pacific Research Institute. She is also the author of several books on the Affordable Care Act, uh, in particular, The Pipes Plan, The Cure for Obamacare, the truth about Obamacare, and much more. Uh, Ms. Pipes, thank you so much for your time here on the program. How's it going today? Oh, it's going very well, but it's it's extremely frustrating um, listening to all of the information on health care between uh, Senator Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump. I mean, it's it's really um, like unraveling an onion. It's, there are many tearful moments because it's so so hot right now. I mean, you know, before Donald Trump got into the race before Bernie Sanders, it seemed much more calm and we were going to be able to, you know, everybody would be in line with a, um, a single replacement plan for Obamacare coming out of the Republicans. But now, um, I don't know, when you look at the poll numbers of Kaiser, now, um, you know, the, the, the percentage of people for repeal and replace of a GOP replacement plan is down to 13%. So I'm very, I'm, I'm a bit on edge today. Do you think they could replace it at this point? I, I get this question all the time as I'm traveling and speaking. And one of the things people say is, can they really get rid of it? And I just wonder your thoughts on it, because it just seems that with all of the changes in the healthcare industry, with the consolidation, less insurance companies, uh, AKA less choice for consumers, uh, can, can this thing even be uh, overturned or taken away? Well, I certainly hope so. I've been fighting this. You know, um, Obamacare was signed into law on March 23rd, uh, 2010. So um, next month, just in just about a month, it will be celebrating its sixth birthday. I never thought that it would still be here, but, you know, the Supreme Court upheld the first case in 2012 and again in 2015. Romney lost the race. So it has been around six, six years. But I think even though the numbers are showing as Sanders and Clinton go at it, that maybe a single-payer Medicare for All system would be the best system. I'm Canadian. I grew up under that system, and it's just, you know, American people wouldn't tolerate the long waits, the ration care. But on the other hand, I think the American people are realizing their premiums are way up, deductibles are up, the networks of doctors and hospitals and the exchange plans are limited. So I think with the right candidate and the right um, candidate winning the presidential election and the Republicans keeping the House and the Senate, I think definitely it would be, it's, it's never easy, but the, the, a replacement plan based on what is in my new book, The Way Out of Obamacare, I think, I think that the American public would, would like it and would welcome it. But, you know, it's going to take, it's going to take a victory um, in this election. And the way the debates are going now, it's, it's kind of, I'm not quite sure what, you know, how it's all going to end up because, um, Donald Trump, who is the leader in the Republican side right now, uh, he seems to be all over the place with health care. One day he supports the individual mandate, and then he decides he isn't. He does support health savings accounts, but he also thinks, you know, that the government should pay for everybody to be covered. So, um, but I think, I think definitely um, the country is ripe to go back to a plan, a program that empowers um, 
um, doctors and patients and not the federal government. I'm in favor of state-based reform because I think it just makes a lot more sense based upon uh, the numbers, especially when you look at studies like the Dartmouth Atlas comparing Medicare beneficiaries costing twice as much in one state as opposed to others. Uh, you, thought, I, you brought something up that um, – I, I noticed, uh, too, in, in the latest debate, it seems, uh, you know, you mentioned a little bit how uh, they, the candidates are maneuvering a little bit. And it was interesting to see that, uh, you're right, the Democrats both kind of moving towards this single-payer system. And I was just curious if you could ex- elaborate a little bit more uh, on your experience in the Canadian healthcare system and why, why you don't think Americans would tolerate a system like that. Because I don't think folks realize that Medicare is nice, but many you still have to pay an awful lot of money every month for a Medicare supplemental plan plus drug coverage and others. So I'd just be interested in your thoughts on that. Right. Well, of course, I remember I was doing a debate a few years ago with Ubi Reinhardt from Princeton at an international um, conference, and I was talking about the Canadian health care system, which is Medicare for all, single payer. Private health care is outlawed in Canada. Everything is provided by the, the federal government. The, the provinces each run their own system with transfers from the government. But um, Uvi interrupted me and said, Sally, we have an example of a single-payer system in this country, and it works very well. This was about five years ago. And I said, well, Uvi, what is it? He said, it's the VA, the Veterans Administration. And if you just look in the media about all the problems with the VA, with patients not being able to get, you know, doctors immediately not being able to get specialized care, people dying on waiting lists, the lack of all of the drugs that are available to most of us are not on the formulary. So that's what happens when government dictates um, what is going to be available, what is going to be paid. So um, people just have to read about the VA and realize that what the VA is doing today as a single-payer system is what Bernie Sanders wants for the rest of the country. And if you think about, he's from the state of Vermont, Vermont actually passed under Governor Shumlin a single-payer health care system a couple of years ago. But late last year, they had to abandon it. They couldn't make it work because the tax increases would be so high. So in Canada, where I'm from, I'm from the West Coast, from Vancouver, the government took over the health care system in 1974. They spend in Canada about 10.7% of gross domestic product on health care, a lot less than the 18% we spend here in America. But when government sets a global budget, the demand for health care is often higher than the supply. And so what happens? You get waiting lists. Today in Canada, the average waiting list from seeing a primary care doctor to getting treatment by a specialist is 18.3 weeks. That's over four months. So is it any wonder that 52,000 out of 37 million Canadians come to the U.S. every year and pay out of pocket for an MRI, a CT scan, um, a surgery, that they feel that the time that they're going to be on the waiting list is is just too long and it's not um, good for their health, the former premier of Newfoundland, when he was diagnosed with a heart problem, it couldn't be dealt with in Newfoundland. They couldn't, um, there was no, the waiting time in uh, Montreal and Toronto was too long, so he went to Miami to the Mount Sinai Hospital and paid out of pocket for this surgery because his, his life was at stake. And when he came back, the Canadian media said, how could you possibly, you know, go to the evil United States and, and pay for this surgery? And Danny Williams said, it's my heart, it's my health. It's my choice. And so, you know, the Canadian system, because, because of what, the, what money is available, you have these long waits. And funnily enough, the waiting times at 18.3 weeks are longer now than they were back even in 1993. And, but to your earlier point, we had a conservative prime minister in Canada, Stephen Harper, for two terms, 
and he was not able to get rid of the single-payer system in the same way that Margaret Thatcher was not able to, you know, tone down and get rid of the National Health Service in the UK. But I will tell you, long waits, care is rationed. So if you're elderly, remember Sarah Palin used to talk about the death panels. I don't talk about death panels, but care is rationed. So the older you are, the less likely you are going to be able to have access to an MRI or a colonoscopy or whatever. Are you a business owner seeing your bottom line squeezed by rising healthcare costs? I'm Sean McGuire and I founded ED Bellis Healthcare Consulting to provide health reform consulting so that your business does not get caught off with all the uncertainty in Washington. I was there on Capitol Hill when the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, was created, and I have read the entire bill. Let me guide you through the maze of the American bureaucracy as you adapt to changing government rules and regulations that will impact your organization regardless of size. I offer custom services including cost reduction strategies, training seminars for you and your employees, and strategic planning to help you prepare for the future. Regardless of what the Supreme Court decides, this issue is here to stay. Contact me today for a free consultation at www.healthreformexplained.com. That's www.healthreformexplained.com. At ED Ballas, we know healthcare. Research shows moving is one of the most stressful events in a person's life. But thanks to two men in a truck, it doesn't have to be. They have everything you need to move. A courteous professional staff who will customize your move, which includes a no-obligation estimate, a schedule to fit your convenience, and all the necessary packing supplies. And two men in a truck will help you watch your budget, too. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business move. Go to twomeninatruck.com. Two men in a truck selected Best of Omaha for nine years straight with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. They say every business should have an elevator pitch. Here's ours. We are E.D. Bellis, a consulting company specializing in healthcare reform, helping businesses navigate the new law. For more, go to healthreformexplained.com. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on the Mighty 1290 Coil, the Mighty1290Coil.com, and the Mighty1290Coil mobile app. Once again, here's Sean McGuire. Hello and welcome back to another episode of America's Healthcare Challenge here on the Mighty 1290 Coil. We're in the middle of a conversation with Sally Pipes, CEO and President of the Pacific Research Institute, as well as author of a new book out called The Way Out of Obamacare. And we'll go right back into it. We want to thank you very much for uh, joining our show today, Sally. It's an honor and a privilege to have you here uh, you talk in your book about, uh, you know, the price of coverage in the Affordable Care Act is just gone completely out of control. And, you know, that's something that we talk about quite a bit on the show is, you know, the coverage, the deductibles, the, the uh, cost of the premiums. Uh, what do you uh, see coming down the pipe and what, you know, I've read parts of your book and I've read several of your reviews and I appreciate you taking a lot of time to put the way out of Obamacare out for the public to see. And I would tell anybody they should go get it and read it. Um, so could you talk a little bit about how, what your plan would be as far as deductibles, uh, premium based, you know, talk about HSAs and, and just kind of clue us into what you propose the changes should be. Right. I'd like to just step back a second and talk about, you know, the president promised 
that if you liked your doctor and you liked your insurance company, nothing would change. And he promised that the average family would see their premium go down by $2,500. He promised there would be universal coverage, emergency room use would go down, and the cost of health care in this country would go down. Well, first of all, he hasn't achieved any of those objectives that were set out in the Affordable Care Act. And in fact, uh, the um, January 31st was the closing of the open enrollment period for uh, the Affordable Care Act for people to enroll either on healthcare.gov or on a state-based exchange. Um, they, they, um, the administration said 12.7 million people have signed up on the exchange. But the number that the Congressional Budget Office had said would sign up for 2016 was 21 million. So 21 million is a lot more than 12.7 million. So, and then the um, Avalier and a number of companies that do research on this have shown as in the past few years since Obamacare has been in effect, January 1st, 2014, um, people do sign up for the care, 12.7 million, but 15% of them will never pay the first month's premium. So we're probably looking at about 9.8 million who will sign up. The, the, the way that the Affordable Care Act would have worked is that 40% of the young invincibles, those people 18 to 34, would have signed up for coverage on the exchange rather than paying the individual mandate penalty. In fact, only 28% have signed up. So this causes a, a problem for insurance companies. And so it's no wonder that in the last few months we've seen uh, United Health, Aetna, Cigna, Humana all coming out saying, you know, we're losing a lot of money on our exchange plans. United uh, lost $720 million last year on their exchange plans. Aetna lost $100 million. They are all saying, we don't know whether we will be able to be in the exchanges um, in 2017 because you can't, they can't afford to lose all of this money. So even though the, pre the average premium for a plan on the exchange is $408 a month this year, a lot more um, than people, people were promised by the president. But if insurance companies cannot stabilize and, and um, um, have, um, you know, not lose money, um, you know, that's why they're talking about getting out. If these big insurers get out of the exchanges, it's going to be um, cause for an implosion of Obamacare. And at the same time, 12 out of the 23 co-ops that were allowed to be set up under the law, uh, 12 of the 23 have already failed, gone into bankruptcy. Uh, we, the taxpayers, have lost $1.3 billion out of the 2.4 that the feds put in. So just as background, um, there's a lot of problems with, with, with Obamacare. The premiums are higher, deductibles are higher, smaller networks, and now insurance companies are merging and talking about getting out of the exchanges. So I see, you know, ahead um, that this law, based on these points, will not be able to um, stand. So I have a replacement plan in my book, The Way Out of Obamacare, which focuses on empowering doctors and patients, not the federal government. You know, most people have no idea um, what the co true cost of health care is because 60% of Americans get their health care through their employer. And right. so they may pay a copay part of the premium, but they don't really know. So we need to empower doctors and patients. The biggest flaw in our healthcare system has been the fact that um, the federal tax code um, during World War II when wage and price controls were in, people who have employer-based coverage and employers get their uh, healthcare tax-free. If you lose your job, you go into the individual market, you have to buy your healthcare with after-tax dollars. So I would like to see um, it changed so that individuals can get their health care with pre-tax dollars. Um, until we can get a properly functioning market, we shouldn't get our health care through our employers. 
Um, I talk also about the cost of mandates, mandates on insurance companies either through the state or through health, the essential benefit plan at 20 to 50 percent of the cost of coverage. If you want a health care plan that covers, say, in vitro fertilization, you should be able to go out and buy it. But if if I don't want one that covers that, why should I have to pay to subsidize you? So we need to get rid of these costly mandates. We need to focus on um, health savings accounts, which allow people to put the money away in their account every month, tax-free, rolls over, combine it with a high-deductible plan. 19.7 million people now have health savings accounts. And for those who have them through their employer, research has just shown that the cost of Healthcare with the, for those people has actually gone down because people become concerned about you know what what the cost is and what they're getting. We need to reform Medicare and Medicaid. We need to the states need to do um, tort reform so that we get rid of the you know the, the very expensive cost of of defensive medicine. Right. We need to limit. So those are some of the things that are that are in my book that I think will lead to um, a replacement plan. And Paul Ryan has said that they will bring out a single replacement plan prior to the convention. Um, in in Cleveland, that's for the GOP. Right, right, right. Interesting. You mentioned the you got you got me going on the uh, insurance companies and the consolidation. Like we've talked at length in our program here, America's Healthcare Challenge. By the way, we're joined by Dr. Sally Pipes, author of The Way Out of Obamacare, among other books. And um, what happens if these these marketplaces do crash, like the individual marketplace? Uh, as as we've seen, like you mentioned, was it twenty eight percent of young invincibles as opposed to forty? Uh, we have this right. big year in twenty seventeen coming up uh, with the uh, three R's. We t- we call them going away. Could you elaborate on that a little bit so our listeners could understand that? Right. So um, if you don't have the young people to cover the cost of of the people who you know who are now covered, and sort of older people who use a lot more health care. I mean. You know, government can stay in business because they tax us more, but insurance companies, you know, can't do that. So um, I see, you know, the insurance companies pulling out. Then there won't be any plans uh, for people to sign up for on healthcare.gov, which covers 38 states or the 12 states in D.C. that have their own um, state plans, like such as covered California. So the, the whole law um, is going to it's going to implode because you can't, you know, you can, the the young people aren't there to subsidize. And build a higher risk pool. Another point is that um, they just came out. CMNS just came out yesterday, saying that they're going to have to change this special um, um, enrollment period because what they found was that a lot of people they could get um, could sign up outside the open enrollment period if they could prove that they lost their job and therefore mm-hmm. they lost their insurance or they got divorced or there was a death in the family. So a lot of these people uh, were fraudulently claiming these things and there was no proof. And then they would. Um, sign up for coverage when they knew they had a an illness or needed surgery, get their coverage, get their care, and as soon as they were better, they dropped their care. So this puts also tremendous pressure on the insurance company. So it's another reason why the insurance companies are experiencing these huge losses on their exchange plan. So, um, you know, in uh, if you look at the 12 out of 23 co-ops that, that failed, 742,000 people lost their coverage um, because of that, 200,000 in New York State alone. Well, these people had to scurry and get coverage before the end of January to get on the to get coverage on an exchange. But if all of the the big insurers are getting out, there won't be exchange plans that these people will be able to get. And if smaller insurers are still in the plan, they are not going to be able to survive um, because there just won't be they won't be large enough to deal with this. So I see this is 
um, a major um, issue for um, Obamacare, and it, it can't survive, and why it's so important that the Republicans come up with a replacement plan that they all agree to. It's similar to mine, including age-based refundable tax credits rather than tax exemptions. So, so it's, Obamacare is in a predicament. In spite of what the president tells people, you know, that his law is working and it's here to stay, I think um, it's just not the truth. I have one more question uh, on, on um, specialty drugs. Um, how do you see that impacting it? I think 3%, I believe, is control, uh, contributing to 30% of the cost, as in 3% of people, and we, we work with a lot of people uh, with employers, for example, and uh, municipalities in particular, and they are just getting hammered by these specialty drugs, especially as they uh, are self-insured. Uh, how, does that, uh, how does that impact the market, and um, how do you see that playing out? And I, I believe it's because of the... Um, taxes in the law, the $85 billion surtax. Do you have any thoughts on specialty drugs and the future of that? Well, I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of play in the media these days saying, you know, um, pharmaceutical companies are, you know, um, just charging way too much and it's bankrupting uh, people and, you know, on and on it's the evil uh, drug companies. In fact, you know, a drug costs are about 9% of total health care costs in this country and they are about... Um, uh, $3 trillion a year. So drug costs have been pretty stable um, over over many years. The real issue is America is the country where all of these fine new drugs, um, biologics, cancer drugs are developed. They aren't developed in countries like England and France. All the big companies, whether it's GlaxoSmithKline, um, 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 uh, Roche, all of these companies do their R&D in America because it's very expensive most drugs don't make it through all of the trials and the FDA um, because it costs close to $2 billion from an idea to bring a drug to the market. So we are very fortunate to have a drug like Savaldi, which will cure hepatitis C. It's true, it costs $94,000 a year, but it actually cures hep C. If a person doesn't have that drug, but they need a new liver, and they have to have a liver transplant, if they can get one, that cost is over $500,000. So I think... You know, we don't want to have price controls on pharmaceuticals. We want to allow the industry to flourish, to allow new drugs to, to come out there. And as Frank Lichtenberg at Columbia said, for every $1 spent on newer pharmaceuticals, we save $7.17 in, in hospital costs. So um, we want to keep the drug, the drug companies alive. The, the insurers are trying to cut back on what they're paying, charge more copays, cutting back on what they'll cover. Right. But these are... These are the, the drugs of the future and the, why we see a cure for a hep C. Um, certain new, new drugs are very effective in treating cancer and stroke and heart. Um, you know, 30 years ago, these things weren't available. Right. And I, this is Alan again. And I would just have to ask, you know, we talk about wellness a lot as well and how that impacts healthcare costs uh, on the show and how employers are starting to look at wellness as a way of keeping uh, employees healthy uh, to lower their costs. Could you talk a little bit about that? Because we also believe that at the same time, Obamacare was more health insurance reform than actually health care reform. Right. And so uh, I would like to just dive into that topic a little bit. Well, I mean, wellness is very, very important. And, you know, in this country, we do have, you know, problems with obesity, which lead to, you know, diabetes, uh, mm -hmm. type 2 diabetes, all kinds of problems when people who are, 
you know, overweight and, and don't eat healthy food. The issue is, though, you know, you, the government can't force people to eat, um, you know, green salads or, you know, fruits and things. I mean, people have to take responsibility mm-hmm. for, for, their, for their own lives and how they live their lives. Um, education is an important part. I think, you know, so wellness, you know, if people are well, their, their health care costs will come down. But the question is, how do you get people to change, change their behavior? And we've seen with uh, Michelle Obama's various food um, issues, she hasn't really been able to change the way people, people buy their food, what, the way they eat, um, because it's an individual thing. And so I think it's important and companies should, you know, provide information on healthy eating, but they can't force their people to quit smoking or not to eat uh, French fries. No, and, and and I totally agree with you on that. Um, it's just that, okay, so like I, I agree with you on Michelle Obama's Let's Move program as well, and my kids are in school, and it's not very what, – what, what they're being served in school is not what I would be serving them at home, and I'm pretty strict about the type of foods that my kids get. Right. Um, and – so uh, as far as I'm, con- you know, I, I agree with you on some of these issues. Uh, I think that uh, we need more of a focus, though, as, as individuals, and we need to take personal responsibility, uh, and, and that's where you're going with that, I think, on, on wellness, that, you know, we've talked about that many, many times on our show, that employees and individuals, you know, this is the greatest country in the world, and we talk about individual responsibility. This is why we do it. Exactly. Exactly. Any final thoughts? Um, well, I just, I just really think that, you know, the work that I'm doing, the work you're doing, we have to educate the Americans on why a single-payer Medicare for All system, Bernie Sanders' plan, he says, will cost uh, um, about $1.4 trillion a year. Um, you know, it'll probably cost double that because um, it'll all have to be funded by, you know, new taxes. But you're going to have the same problems as in England and Canada, long waits, ration care, and lack of access to the, the, the new treatments and technologies. So we have to let the American people know that maybe it sounds like an easy out. We just have the government pay for everything. But if you look at the VA system, it doesn't work, and it's not the solution. We need to put um, empower doctors and patients rather than the government and develop a health care system that suits the needs of individual families and individual families. As Milton and Rose Friedman in their great work, Free to Choose, said, we need to let the American people be free to choose the type of health care system that fits their needs. And so it's very, very important that people don't get hoodwinked into thinking, you know, Hillary Care, Obamacare 2.0 with a public option building on Obamacare, or Sanders is Medicare for all. These are not the systems that are going to lead to uh, better um, health um, outcomes for the American people. Thank you so much, Sally, for all this wonderful information you've provided us. It's truly been uh, a privilege and an honor. We look forward to having you back on America's Healthcare Challenge at some point, hopefully, to talk about the replacement bill that Speaker Ryan and the Republicans can get through Congress to a Republican president. Excellent. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful day. All right. Thank you so much. That was Sally Pipe, CEO and president of the Pacific Research Institute, talking about the Affordable Care Act and the way out of the Affordable Care Act or the way out of Obamacare is actually the name of the book. And you know what? We had a couple debates in town halls the last few weeks, and it was crazy on the Republican stage as Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz attacked Donald Trump on health care. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge. 
you want to call in, we still have time, 402-342-1290 or 800-577-1290 outside the metro. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge or edbellisinc.com and check out our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge on the mighty 1290 coil. Are you feeling overwhelmed, depressed, or angry? Is your child or teenager acting out? Healing Tree Counseling wants to help. Located at 10th and Dodge, Healing Tree offers individual, family, and couples therapy. Bill and Laura are exceptional at working with children and adolescents. Ask around. They have a great reputation. Healing Tree accepts most insurance companies. They offer flexible payment plans and are confidential. Their personalized service and unique office sets them apart from larger agencies. Visit HealingTreeOmaha.com for more information. E.D. Bellis is a healthcare reform consulting company with valuable information that is up-to-date and easy to understand. We have solutions to manage compliance, minimize penalties and taxes, and all other options. Check out healthreformexplained.com. Are you a business owner seeing your bottom line squeezed by rising healthcare costs? I'm Sean McGuire, and I founded E.D. Bellis Healthcare Consulting to provide health reform consulting so that your business does not get caught off with all the uncertainty in Washington. I was there on Capitol Hill when the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, was created, and I have read the entire bill. Let me guide you through the maze of the American bureaucracy as you adapt to changing government rules and regulations that will impact your organization regardless of size. I offer custom services including cost reduction strategies, training seminars for you and your employees, and strategic planning to help you prepare for the future. Regardless of what the Supreme Court decides, this issue is here to stay. Contact me today for a free consultation at www.healthreformexplained.com. That's www.healthreformexplained.com. At E.D. Bellis, we know healthcare. are we going to New Hampshire, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Hello and welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge, the number one healthcare reform show in the country. We just heard from Sally Pipe, CEO and president of the Pacific Research Institute, who's doing a magnificent job on getting out the word about Obamacare. And if you want to read some really great articles and insights, she has a weekly article or a bi-weekly article on the Wall Street Journal. It's called Piping Up. And she has a lot of information about what's going on in the world of healthcare. She reached, she she talked about the VA just a few minutes ago. And you know what? I'm a vet and I'm a disabled vet and I have to agree with her that the VA, if you want a really good look at the single-payer system, look at the disaster that the Department of Veterans Affairs has in their hospital systems. I have friends that I've had to research information for and send them uh, details about how to get uh, things resolved uh, in the uh, VA. 
and and have to go to Congress. Hey, we got a couple callers on our show. Uh, first, we got Ken. Ken, what's going on? Welcome to yes. America's Healthcare Challenge. Good afternoon, Sean. Hey, my question was, it wasn't that long ago, I went on the internet, look at healthcare insurance, and other than the fact that it asks you age, you know, male, female, or other nowadays, but, uh, and then whatever state you're in. And once you hit that state button, you were limited to like two different companies that would even sell insurance in your state is right. Is that a state restriction or a federal restriction or is there, you know, is it an insurance company who goes to the state legislature legislature and bids to have that right to sell only? Well, each each state handles their uh, insurance differently, and in the state of okay. Nebraska, they have a Department of Insurance sure. that they have to get qualified for, and uh, the, the Department of Insurance is actually the one who uh, licenses the carriers. They license uh, the organizations to be able to offer, you know, whether it's uh, home, health, life, auto, right. uh, in the state. Right. They, they jump through all the necessary hoops to sign, a line, Correct. Uh, sign on a dotted line and get the business, but yep. uh, I, I guess... As a conservative, you know, using free market solutions, you know, nationwide, if there was 42, you know, insurance companies, uh, regardless if I live in Nebraska, if I wanted to buy insurance, I should be able to see 42 different insurance companies bidding for my business. And I think that would be something worth putting on the table. Right. Uh, And that's been a discussion of a lot of the uh, Republican candidates. who are running for president, and even in some of the different legislation that the Republicans have offered is uh, opening it up, uh, opening health care insurance across state lines. But I'll tell you the one problem I see with that, and one of them is uh, when you offer, you know, a lot of insurance is based on how many people actually want to sign up for a plan. Right. And that's how they offer it. Uh, the, The size of the pool. The size of the pool, exactly. And so if some of these out-of-state organizations, I'll give you one, MDIPA, uh, they're medical doctors in Virginia and Maryland who actually have a health care insurance plan, and they work to keep the costs lower than all the other plans, but you can only get it in Maryland and Virginia in the District of Columbia. You can't get it anywhere else. And I'll tell you what. It's basically kind of a a privately operated uh, insurance company with a group of doctors. Right, and they want to keep the costs as low as possible. And I'll tell you what, in 2003 when we had our first child, it cost me a $20 deductible. Uh, and yeah. and outside of that, uh, it was all insurance. And I'll tell you what, all of the types of insurance that I've had in the past, that consistently is the best. And if I could go back to it, I would. Right. Um <laughs> Here in Nebraska, I would love to have that plan. I think there's a, several million people that like mm-hmm. to turn the clock back a decade or so. But <laughs> and, and I'll tell you what, Ken, if you if you actually go and you pick up Sally Pipe's book, yeah, a lot of what she talks about in the the way out of Obamacare is actually what we as conservatives and uh, you know, for lack of Republicans, answers, good answers. Yeah, she's given you the way to get out of it. You know, health savings accounts, open up insurance across state lines, a little yeah, bit, of, it, it, and on and on and not, on. It's not a one-answer solution, basically. And, no. And here, here's where, I, and I talk to my doctor and whatnot, but 
my wife, for example, she's got a policy. It takes one-fourth of her paycheck every week, and then she's got a $5,000 deductible. And now that high of a deductible is not everybody, but it's not uncommon. And what I foresee is everybody, you know, I don't feel good. I hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it does, you know, it's like the old joke, you know, say, hey, it hurts when I do this. Well, then don't do that. Um but the thing is, with a $5,000 deductible, lots and lots of people are going to self-medicate mm-hmm. oh, totally. for weeks and for months and mm-hmm. for maybe even a year. And then by the time they finally say, you know, dude, i got to pull a plug on this and go to the doctor, go see yep. you know, a specialist or whatever, you know what? It, it's, it's too late. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's way too late. Yep. It, it, should have been here six months ago how many times have you heard that oh totally thank you so much for your call ken um and speaking of you know the republicans and the democrats they have such varying different plans you know uh, bernie sanders and hillary clinton keep going further and further to the left they both want some form of medicare for all which sally talked about being about 2.4 trillion dollars we have jim on the line and i think jim probably wants to talk about the constitution and Maybe some things related to health care with that. Jim, what's going on? Yes, welcome Alan. to the welcome to the show. Thank you very much for taking my call. Yeah, you're you're you pretty much nailed it on the you just you just made the remark about plans from the Democrats and Republicans. I, I find that interesting. Um, the two parties that uh, rule over us in our federal government, mm-hmm. our centralized government of our country. <clears throat> which uh, was established with the Constitution, as you said. And uh, in that Constitution, uh, one of the things that they talked about was the Commerce Clause. Right. And uh, there's a number of individuals in this area. One of them's running for the legislature. Um, I think it's LD18, I'm not sure. Uh, Patrick? I Pat Borchers. Yeah, Pat. Yeah, Pat Borchers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's come, he's come out many a times. I've talked to him, and he said that the Commerce Clause in our Constitution has been expanded way too much. Right. And so my point is, is that the point that I'm trying to get at is the health care in our country. It's a it's a free market issue. And yet everybody consistently says, well, we need to repeal and replace Obamacare or Affordable Care Act. And, and the point is, is what are you talking about replacing? What are you going to replace it with? Another federal plan that you have no reason for you to be doing that? Well, I think if you, if, if you uh, hear uh, Sally talk a little bit more, she actually advocates a lot of free market solutions in her book, The Way Out of Obamacare, mm-hmm. and leaving it not just to the individual, which she spe- the, her and the PRI speak highly on uh, individual personal, personal responsibility, which is what this country is founded on, uh-huh. frankly. Right. And so uh, I would say that that's where we need to start well, with that book. Can I say one thing to you, too, Al? Yes, Jim. A couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, I told you and Sean both, I called the show, mm-hmm. and I told you about that article that I had found, and, and it had to deal with the history of the insurance, the healthcare insurance industry and how it's grown. Okay. And how it's grown with the hospitals, mm-hmm. the pharmaceuticals, the doctors, and right. the health insurance companies. And basically, one of the reasons, I don't know if I had the chance to say this one, or I did say this one, but one of the reasons back in the 1940s, and I think I heard the interview earlier, she brought it up, 
that that the federal government stuck its nose where it didn't belong as far as regulating the amount of uh, of money that companies can pay their employees right. a wage a free. And in that process, they decided, well, if I can only pay them so much, mm-hmm. then I guess I'll offer them health insurance to get them to come work for me. Right. That's how it started. That's right. How, That's how it started. That yeah, was for the insur- for the employee employer paying or helping the employee. Okay, so what was it like before then? And we have to look at our history to say, hey, there's a reason why we're at where we're at. Well, and Jim, you speak of that. And I'm going to have to let you go because we're running out of time. But I appreciate your call. And uh, to expand on that, frankly, you know, that was the day and age of the, the doctor visiting the house and the doctor being paid in cash and working out a negotiation with uh, the patient. You know, we talk about 1095 C's are coming up. We got 30 days left before your 10, you, you get your 1095 C. And if you have it, make sure you get that. There's a lot of stuff going on. We got the uh, Super Tuesday coming up this week. Lots and lots of political action on the board. And my producer's over here having fun. And we're having fun. And we want you to join us next week on America's Healthcare Challenge when Sean gets back into a hot seat and we continue the conversation about healthcare reform and talking about the things that matter to you and how you can save money, please check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge, our website, edbellisinc.com. You've listened to America's Healthcare Challenge on the mighty 1290 coil. Thank you, and have a great day. overwhelmed, depressed, or angry? Is your child or teenager acting out? Healing Tree Counseling wants to help. Located at 10th and Dodge, Healing Tree offers individual, family, and couples therapy. Bill and Laura are exceptional at working with children and adolescents. Ask around. They have a great reputation. Healing Tree accepts most insurance companies. They offer flexible payment plans and are confidential. Their personalized service and unique office sets them apart from larger agencies. Visit HealingTreeOmaha.com for more information. Do you like being the smartest person in the room? Go to healthreformexplained.com and learn about being a licensed Edie Bellis healthcare consultant. Know enough about Obamacare to be dangerous because you'll be personally trained by me, Sean McGuire. Click healthreformexplained.com. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge on the Mighty 1290 Coil. We just have a few minutes left here, and you know, I read, was reading this article, and it was about the debate uh, the other night, and it... Uh, was heaping praise on Rubio's attack on Trump's lightweight health care plan. And we touched on this uh, over the last few weeks. And you know what? It's true. What is Donald Trump's health care plan? Because, you know, if you look at it, just a few years ago, he was talking about, oh, I love 
single payer. You know, in his 2000 book, The America We Deserve, he wrote, we need as a nation to re-examine the single payer plan as many individual states are doing. When asked about that line during the first presidential debate, Trump said he's no longer in favor of single payer in the United States. But he did say it works in Canada and it works incredibly well in Scotland. Well, if you talk with Sally Pipes, and we did here shortly, uh, a few minutes ago, it doesn't work in Canada. It doesn't work in Scotland. It doesn't work in England. They've actually cut the NHS, and they actually have a shortage of doctors and nurses. They have longer lines. They have longer waits. It leads to rationed care, my friends. The way out of this mess is through free market economics, free markets, and, and allowing American individuals to make decisions for their own health care. The golf clap comes in, and I'm glad that my producer agrees with me on that. <laughs> um, and he also, you know, Donald Trump talks about how the government's going to pay for it. Well, we're $19 trillion in debt, my friends, and I don't know how we're going to pay $3 trillion more for health insurance or health care, and we're going to have over a million unemployed people. Join us again next week on America's Health Care Challenge. When Sean gets back in the hot seat, I'm returned to the co-host seat, and I get to give all my insight and information out to you all once again next week. I want you to join us on Facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge. Join us on EdieBellisInc.com. Get into the conversation. Talk about those things. Pick up Sally Pipe's book, The Way Out of Obamacare, and join us next week on America's Healthcare Challenge on the mighty 1290 coil. Ingram, Hannity, Levin. Weekdays on the mighty 1290 KOIL Omaha.